This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside our first December edition of GTC. Scully and Zacchino here this morning. Weeks on vacay. He will be back next week because next week is our Festivus special, one of our most favorite uh, shows of the year. But yet another busy show. So much going on in the world of golf. But Mark, good morning. How are you doing, my friend? Well, I think Festivus might start a week early, Adam, with some of the topics that you and I are going to touch on today. Uh, that being said, I am well. I am celebrating, uh, continuing to celebrate my 49er victory last night. That was a a dominant-looking win yesterday. Surprising. I mean, the Eagles looked good on the first couple of drives, right? They couldn't put up seven, had to settle for three on those first two drives, six nothing. And then it was never close again. I mean, I don't know what happened there, but somebody somebody in San Francisco hit the switch. So uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like we're the favorite in the NFC, Scully, and everything's back on track. Did you watch the game? I did. I did see the game, and it was uh, back and forth. I did turn it off with about four minutes left when it was basically over by that point. But it was it was a lot of fun to see. And uh, Debo Samuel, I know we don't like talking about uh, fantasy teams, but he is on my fantasy football team. So let's just say uh, that was a, a good day as I tried to make my way into the playoff picture on uh, on my fantasy team. But before we get to news and headlines, I saw on social media that you were lifting another trophy last week and you victorious the second time this year of course we won the toronto hunt member guest ding 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 another mention of that but walk us through your victory Uh, what did you win and how did you play it was a uh, a charity event down here in one of the communities here in uh, cabo and uh i went over with uh with my friend uh darcy who uh who you know and uh those were large bottles of tequila we were host, hoisting in, in that photo. Uh, so um, we were, did you see the size of them? We, <laughs> we were both double fisted. I did. I mean, that's enough tequila. Basically, I'm not a huge tequila drinker. Mrs. Golf Talk Canada, I think, prefers the tequila more than I do. So, I mean, that's enough tequila to last us about three years right there. But uh, it was a good cause, great golf course. I'm playing okay. Like, I'm hitting it okay. So we'll see. I, I mean, I, I can't afford to give up 40 yards on my driver like uh like our governing bodies might ask us to do but we'll get into that later in the show but yeah for the time being uh yeah, things are good uh, hitting it okay and uh putting okay which is a shock as always so uh you know well uh it's nice to be playing golf to be honest with you adam because i did not get to play a lot of golf this year as you know very spotty season really kind of started to play golf around august when my travel schedule calmed down a bit. So it was nice to play now. And I know you and I are going to bring the clubs to Maui in January. I know you're going away this week or yeah, this tomorrow. week with our friends at TaylorMade tomorrow. So it'll be good to get out there with you and Bob and, and bring our clubs and get on the road again in, in January and really get ready for the big Golf Talk Canada new season, which would start in February next year. So looking forward to all of that, but uh yeah, it's easy to get. I bet you my game will be okay in the winter. By the time we get to spring, it'll probably be garbage. <laughs> 
Well, you know what's funny about that? I was watching the the foresight uh, meeting you and Ralph Bauer had because now it's available yes. on YouTube, and I, I really enjoyed that. So uh, we'll get into that uh, on another show perhaps. But there was uh, a lot to get to in the world of golf. You mentioned the golf ball rollback allegedly coming. We'll get to that in about 30 minutes' time. I'll set my timer. Mark will go on an all-time rant, and we'll go from there. But let's kick things off. Some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Well, the big talk on the golf course, of course, was Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods playing in his first competitive tournament in seven months at the Hero World Challenge. Lots of good, lots of bad. Rusty, definitely around the greens. The iron play, too. But, Mark, overall, what did you make of Tiger's performance? I think overall it's a success. Um, I, you know, last week we said what? It, it, does he look competitive? Does he look like he can do this? Okay, yes, we can check that box. Uh, could he play today if he had to? That was one of my kind of measuring sticks. Is he healthy enough where if he had to play the next day on a Monday, could he do so? I, th- I think he could. I think from a health standpoint, it's probably the best we've seen him in a long time. Um, surprised at the rusty short game. Not surprised that the game's rusty, but you would figure if he's been doing anything at all, he's probably working on putting, chipping, because that was maybe all he could do. Maybe he has not been working on putting, chipping as much as we may have, as, have assumed. Uh, but I think the more positives, you text me right away, 170 some odd mile per hour ball speed, you know, was pretty consistent. That That's huge. There were some real big drives early in the week. So I think the ball speed's there. He looks pretty good from a physical set. He looks huge. He, he looks like he's going in the octagon or, or cage match at WrestleMania. I mean, like, he, he, his, his upper V is ridiculous. Uh, but I think there's way more positives than negatives. And the biggest positive, Adam, I'm curious to your take on this. Other than the fact that he could probably play golf this morning if he had to, I think the biggest positive is kind of led us to believe that he's thinking about a once-a-month schedule that would likely start in February in Los Angeles. And a once-a-month schedule, you know, that might be just enough golf for Tiger not to be rusty every time we see him. Was, was that not a big takeaway for you? Yeah, it has to be a huge takeaway for me, too. And even in his prime, Tiger didn't play that much golf, but he still played enough where he'd really ramp it up where he'd show up at Torrey Pines at the Farmers Insurance Open and finish. He had to win the thing because he won it so many times or, you know, a T15 sort of gradually move his way up. And that's what happened, you know, back in 2018 as well when he made that comeback from spinal fusion surgery you know, almost winning at Copper Creek early in the year. Then, of course, that led to a couple of good finishes at the majors and winning the, the Tour Championship. And the more reps he gets, and as to put to use his words, the more reps he has at game speed with the adrenaline going, that sort of thing, the better he is going to play flat out. And you mentioned we texted about his golf swing. And there were a couple of things that I really noticed about Tiger's swing. A... Like you said, he's jacked. His upper body is swole and in control. You can say that uh, as an understatement. We saw, too, that sleeveless shirt he walked in with on Sunday. That might have been a bit of a a statement, given he probably went for a quick gun run, as we call it, upper body (laughs) lift right before that. But he's looking quite fit, you know, but he has to be in the core because this is his new golf swing how he can't really push off his right side. So I don't really understand how this still works 
l- looking at some of the comparables the broadcast did with, say, Scotty Scheffler's short game or, or footwork and Justin yeah. Thomas's footwork because if Tiger did that, he'd probably fall over because he can't physically do that. But I noticed too, Mark, as well, on a lot of his tee shots, teeing the ball up way lower. And mm-hmm. even he did that in his prime too, but he was hitting a lot of these peeler cuts out there would you call it those and but the ball speeds most of the time were in the 174 to 177 range and still with three wood he was getting his ball speed out there to 167 168 so I think this is doable for one tournament a month in 2024 given the way we saw him move around and walk which might have been a little slower Mm -hmm. on Sunday what do you think maybe um yeah I guess possibly um, I'm amazed he can create that speed with just basically using his torso and his, his rotational speed. I mean, like you mentioned, there's no footwork here. He's not pushing off the ground. He is strictly, I, I, what I'm even more, I'm surprised on two things. One, he can create that speed with just using rotational speed in his upper body. And two, that his back's good enough to do that. I, like, I, I mean, there, you would have to assume that you know the core strength necessary and the, the amount of wear and tear to be that rotational with Tiger uh, that th- there would be a you know a, a toll on the back. But apparently, you know this is is something that's doable. And listen, if we're looking at the schedule, and he kind of said, "Listen, I, I got to get ready for this. You know, if I'm going to play once a month, I got to prepare for this." So that means. You know, Los Angeles, his event in February, likely wouldn't see him in January. His event in, in, at LA, he's finished second at Riviera, never won. Then he'd go to the players in Mar, in March, where he's won twice. Then he'd go to Augusta in April, where he's won five times. Then he'd go to Valhalla for the PGA Championship in May. He beat Bob May, uh, in a duel at Valhalla, so he's won there. And then we go to Pinehurst, where he finished third couple shots behind uh, Payne Stewart in the duel with Phil Mickelson many moons ago. And one could argue maybe the new version of Pinehurst, uh, since they removed all the rough, is even a more friendlier version of Pinehurst for uh, for Tiger Woods than the one that he had a third place showing on. Uh, Troon, he had, a, 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 I think, a tie for ninth. There was a top 10 there, a ninth place finish. So no real history there. And then I'll ask you here what I texted you the other day. If he plays that schedule that, that we've just outlined and he makes cuts and he plays well and he says he's ready to go, maybe he doesn't win. Maybe he just looks like he belongs and he's healthy and he can go. Do you put him on a President's Cup team at the end of September? Do you add Tiger Woods as a captain selection? Could he play a President's Cup? To me, it's a slam dunk. To me, if Tiger Woods has any form come next late September for the President's Cup, he absolutely has to be on that team. Now, we remember the last time he was at a President's Cup was back in 2019 as a playing captain. He was the best player that week by a country mile. He was 3-0. He was the only player that week not to have a loss or a tie on his record there. So Tiger played a lot of great golf that week. And if he has any form, we even saw this pastime. The U.S., obviously, they got their you-know-what kicked by Europe, and we'd see 
or Justin Thomas didn't have much form heading into the Ryder Cup, and he played okay, I guess you could say, in Rome. Tiger would probably play with JT at a President's Cup. I think it'd be awesome to see Tiger out there, and how, how amazing would that be for us Canadians to see Tiger back playing at Royal Montreal, where back in 2007 there was that historic match between him and Mike Weir. So it's got to be all positive here for Tiger Woods. There were some interesting course management plays that uh, you know, he really he really had a hard time with the par 5 15th hole, which was bizarre. We saw him putt balls in the bunker and try to whack shots out of a bush, and it was just really weird course management. But, hey, overall, three pretty solid days for, for Tiger Woods there uh, at the Hero World Challenge. Now, a couple other things before uh, we recap everyone else at the Hero World Challenge. Uh, late last week, there was a great little post out on social media from the RBC Canadian Open with their updated logo for 2024. And the really cool thing about it is if you haven't seen it, it's the I in Canadian Open. It's Nick Taylor doing the putter toss, but it was synced up with your iconic call, Mark. Uh, did you know this was happening? Did you know that all this was coming? I got a, an email from our friends at Golf Canada at about 8.55 in the morning, about basically five minutes before it dropped. So I had no idea. Uh, they just gave me the heads up. Uh, so cool that they, that they use this moment, uh, that, that Nick, you know, that Nick's silhouette is now incorporated into the logo, I think is fantastic. Uh, it was an honor and really cool to get the nod that they used the call uh in the unveiling of the logo and in the promotion of it etc um i mean it's cool just to be remembered for it i i you know um nick taylor such a great guy such a great ambassador for our sport in canada uh i got so many people just that reached out um you know to, to someone said to think mark they could have used jim nance call but they used yours instead kind of thing i was like yeah i I'm like, yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, you know, what do you say? I don't know what to say. I, mean, I was in the right place, the right time, and just tried to be authentic. And, and hopefully, I, I, it seems like it worked and everybody enjoyed it. So um, I, I'm hoping, Adam, that this isn't the last of that logo, though. Like, I'm I'm hoping that there's more to come. I'm, I think there's going to be more. My gut tells me there's going to be more. I don't know anything. Um, but uh, but it'd be great to see more of this. I think uh, that is an image that's going to stay with us forever. That 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 uh, I call it the bat flip on the putter, right? It's like it's like the Jose Batista bat flip uh, on the putter. Uh, very cool. And uh, listen, we're already excited about uh, about next year's Canadian Open in Hamilton. I mean, how good is this going to be? And I would, like I said, well, we're, we haven't run our year review specials yet, but when we do, I have quite the prediction for Team Canada next year. You certainly do, and I know when that clip goes on social media too, right around New Year's, there will be a lot of comments about that. Looking forward to that. And hey, just imagine, pie in the sky, just imagine if Tiger says, you know what, RBC Canadian Open, I'll be there. <laughs> Maybe not, but we'll, we'll see. That uh, How incredible would that be? Okay, when we come back here on GTC, the world number one, Scotty Scheffler, struggled through on the greens throughout 2023, but he's back in the winner's circle to end his year. We'll recap his performance at the Hero World Challenge and some other notables, like Will Zalatoris, also making his return to golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. 
Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Well, before we talk about some of the other notables at the Hero World Challenge, all eyes were on Tiger Woods and his competitive return to golf let's hear from tiger after he finished his final round just like i was i was i said to you guys on tuesday i'm curious just like you guys um what this is going to look like uh i haven't done it in a while um i haven't done it with my ankle the way it is now and uh i, I was excited to each and every day to kind of get through it and uh kind of start piecing rounds together again i mean i haven't done this in a long time so it was fun to feel that again and, um Every day I got faster into the round. You know, the, the, the first day took me a while to get, get a handle on it. Uh, second day was faster. Today was right away. And that's eventually, you know, when, when I play on a regular basis, that's, that's normally how it is. It takes me, you know, during, usually during warm-up before I get a feel for the round. And uh, uh, I'll be honest with you, that first day took me a while. Well, Tiger Woods, another tournament in the books. He is back, beat the U.S. Open champion this past week. Pretty good. Obviously, Wyndham Clark was pretty rusty, too, but so was Tiger Woods. So Tiger Woods, overall, a successful week. How about Scotty Scheffler back in the winner's circle? First time since the Players' Championship. Looked a little better on the greens, too. Before we discuss Scotty Scheffler, let's hear from the world number one shortly after lifting the trophy. Great confidence going into next year. Uh, you know, only probably, I think we got maybe four weeks until we leave again. And so, um, you know, it's definitely nice kind of having the momentum of a win as I go into, you know, preparing for, for next season. And, yeah, I mean, couldn't, couldn't get better momentum than this, you know. Scotty Scheffler was 161st in the PGA Tour in strokes gained putting throughout the season this past week. Sixth out of a 20-man field, but still sixth. Mark, was there anything you saw from Scheffler's putting overall, did he look a little different over the ball? I know he was using a different putter with a different sight line, but overall, what did you think of Scotty Scheffler? At first glance, uh, you and I both kind of thought it might be a little shorter, uh, that the putter was definitely not the same length. Um, I think the number that I'm, I, I know it's a small field, right? There's 20 people in this field, so we're gonna say, hey, he was six in strokes game putting, okay? But it is in a field of 20. That being said, uh, the number I'm looking at is 0.769. That is the number in terms of the positive side of strokes gain putting. That is a number where basically what we're saying is he was three quarters of a stroke better than the field over four rounds of golf. He was almost a full stroke to the positive, three quarters of a stroke. If he had averaged this number for last year, or excuse me, this past season on the PGA Tour, he would have had multiple majors, seven or eight victories. It would have been one of the most historic years of the modern game we've ever seen. Just by this fraction over par, I mean, over a positive side of strokes game party. This is not, a, we're not looking for a guy here to go out at him and be three, four shots better than everybody else with the putter each week. He just had to be fractionally better than average. And look what happens when he does that. When he, when he is just fractionally better with the putter, 
He goes out and he wins the golf tournament. Second in strokes gained off the tee. The irons were on point. So if he starts feeling the putter again and uh, gets confidence in the short stick, you've got to imagine we're in for another monster year for Scotty Scheffler. Is it? I mean, right now, if I well, I'm going to ask you. Here we are. We're doing this show next year. Is Scotty Scheffler number one in the world still in your mind this time next year? I, I think it's hard not to say that. I mean. You see the way he drives the golf ball. You see the way he hits it to the green. And for the season, he was first in both those categories, strokes gained approach and strokes gained off the green. He just seems robotic, mm -hmm. to say the least. And we've seen that short game, especially when he won the Masters in 2022. Some of those pitch shots from some of those lies, they're not exactly the easiest thing in the world. You've got to think Scotty Scheffler will be back at number one. And, and the way he... The way he plots his way around a golf course, too, with Ted Scott, who plays a big role in that, obviously. He's he's almost boring to watch because he doesn't make many mistakes, but boring is a good thing. It's like when you're watching an NHL game, which is a totally different subject in itself, when you don't notice a defenseman out there, they're probably playing pretty well. So Scotty Scheffler, uh, another good performance for him. He ends 2023 on a winning note. Scheffler back in the winner's circle. Now, there are a number of other storylines of players back at the Hero World Challenge. We're not doing winners weird and what today, and we could have spent a whole segment talking about what happened with Colin Morikawa and Matt Fitzpatrick and the ruling that went down after Morikawa's round finished. That was just totally bizarre. But I want to ask you, Mark, about Will Zalatoris, because this is a good story that he's back playing, but to bring out the broomstick and you lose nearly six shots to the field alone putting in one round, that's that's kind of hard to do. But are you glass half full that Zalator seemed relatively healthy and this is a guy who has played very well in the majors in the past? I'll put it this way. I'm more concerned about Will's season than I am about Tiger's coming up. That, that, I'm, you know, I mean, Tiger makes us think that because he does things or has done things in the past that nobody else has done, that everybody, we just assume now that everybody can just do these things, i.e. I fuse my back together and then I go play on the PGA Tour. Like no one else has done that. No one's gone through back fusion surgery and then, you know, just went and played competitive golf. And, you know, um, Will Zalatoris is now trying to do this as well. And there's no guarantees, this is so sad to say this, but even at that young age, uh, there is no guarantees that after what he's gone through that he, he's going to be able to continue to do what he does for a living as a profession. And it's sad to say because he had one of the most promising young careers uh, uh, in front of him on the PGA Tour. But uh, to your point with the putter, the putter's one thing, whatever, that can be worked on. He can go back to the old putter. The ball striking was just horrific. I mean, almost dead last in approach to green, giving away almost five shots to the field in his iron play this week. Uh, around the green, he wasn't very good. Off the tee, he was short and crooked. Um, I hope there's a path back for him, Adam. I hope it's, I, it sounds, it, it appears to be that it's going to be a little bit more uphill than, uh, than we maybe anticipated. But I'm just hopeful that there is one that there is an actual path back here because this is a very small sample size and this is the first time out. So I don't, we don't can't overreact, but you and I said it. And so did Bob, the minute he went for back surgery, you know, once you go for something like that, 
take the assumptions off the table. There's, there's no guarantees after a surgery of, uh, that is that invasive that you can just come back and pick up where you left off. That, that is not a given. And I hope that's not the case, what, what we're seeing here. Are you concerned? Like, are you concerned at these numbers? Yeah, I'm concerned about the numbers more so because, you know, we spoke at length about Tiger coming back and not sure what kind of game he had. Tiger beat Zalatoris by 11 shots mm-hmm. this past week. And Zalatoris has had a ton of recent success in major championships. He won his first PGA Tour event, too. And Tiger's done absolutely nothing on the golf side of things. And obviously, Tiger's a brilliant mind and does things his own way, et cetera, et cetera. But... Yeah, I, I'm a little concerned about Zalatoris and uh, the even even some of the short putts too with the broomstick. That stroke there, there's I'm not sure if it's a yip, but it's like a stop and start, and it's a wiggly sort of. I would not recommend watching that if you have a full stomach sort of thing. If he's inside three feet, because sometimes it can it can get a little scary. But anyway, hopefully Zalatoris better things coming here. It's good to at least see him back. He seemed healthy for the most part. Didn't see him really wincing at all. And that also might be because it was so hot in the Bahamas. And quick side note, how about Tiger? Was he was he sprinting around the golf course? I've never seen someone so sweaty on a golf course, period, Mark. Have you? I know. He had, he had the old Hal Sutton going. He was just pouring it out there. He looked like James Brown. He didn't look like uh, Tiger Woods, the way he was just pouring sweat there. It looked like... Uh, Someone should write out, write out on stage and put the cape over his shoulders, you know, like uh, it was hilarious. Uh, it must have been. I'm guessing it's smoking hot in the Bahamas, right? But uh, he was feeling it. But again, like he said in his post round, I haven't done this in a long time, right? I mean, I have no, I've not, not have I not done this in just in a long time. I've never done it on this particular ankle. I've never done it with this particular swing. I've never. So there's a lot of things going on there that he's never done before. So I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he was. It took a lot of energy, uh, probably, for him to get around. And that's why he said to us in the press conference earlier in the week, "If I'm going to do this once a month, once a month schedule, I got to get ready for it. This is something I got to prepare for. This is not something that I can just, yeah, you know, this is a best case scenario, and I got to get ready for it. And you know, although I think he could play today, no problem if he had to, which is a great sign. I think the energy, the output of energy for him to go around and do this right now probably feels exhausting. So he's, he needs to get that in a better place. What, do you, what I would compare it to is if you and I try to run one of Bob's marathons, that's how sweaty Tiger looked. And I don't think we'd actually make it. You and I halfway through, we'd have to tag each other in sort of thing. Zero chance. I, I, you'd be piggybacking me by the first uh, block. <laughs> I'm sure people would love to see that, though. Maybe we'll have to get that going. Uh, Tiger Woods, next time we'll see him is at the PNC Championship, where very likely, anyway, he'll be in a cart with Charlie. Looking forward to seeing that. That's December 16 and 17. When we come back here on GTC, could we really be seeing a universal rollback of the golf ball at all levels? That's the rumor. And when we come back, we'll discuss that in great detail. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. 
Welcome back inside GPC, Scully and Zakino. Well, we have a phrase in the media world where it's called a news dump, where sometimes news drops at weird hours of the day, maybe before a long weekend or a holiday. Sometimes teams announce firings, announce someone's being sent down, being waived, etc. Well, we got quite the news dump on Friday evening where it was reported that the USGA and RNA are expected to announce a universal golf ball rollback. Not just for pros, for all levels of golfers. And this could be getting on a professional level, potentially in 2028. Now, Mark, I know you want to go on a huge rant about this, but before we get to the rant, just initially, when you saw that headline, what were your thoughts? I was completely shocked because we have just exited a period uh, where it was supposed to be a conversational period where they took feedback from the, from the main stakeholders within the golf community, the PGA Tour, the manufacturers, the players, yada, yada, yada. And the feedback was very clear. The golf community didn't want this, wanted the conversation to continue, and they were not in favor of a blanket rollback. That was obvious. So my first instincts, Adam, were completely surprised because what this conversational period has told me from the RNA and the USGA is that was showboating. That wasn't authentic. They weren't really interested in what the golf community was wanted to say or what the feeling was. They did that for optics. Their mind has obviously been made up this entire time and they were going to do what they wanted to do regardless of what the tour said, regardless of what the players said, regardless of what the golf public like you and I and all of our listeners that go and play at their clubs and public courses, they don't care. They don't care what any of us have to say. That's obvious. So my first instinct was surprise because I really took them at their word and believed that they wanted to hear from us. Like, I believe that when they took this time period. So that, to me, right now, I'm feeling like that was a complete lie, is how I'm feeling. Yeah, it was certainly bonkers to hear or read that headline initially. And before we get into our thoughts, before we get to Rory McIlroy, who was on X or Twitter or whatever we're calling it now, went on quite a tirade himself. Let's see your Tiger Woods. Here's Tiger's perspective on the rollback that could possibly be coming. You know, this has been... I guess the talk for ever since I've been out on tour and then, you know, to finally see it come to this point where I think both governing bodies um, who control the rules around the world are, are going to come to a collaborative understanding of, you know, how far it's, you know, we just don't have enough property anymore. And so I think that that understanding that, uh, yeah, the, it was, we've been hammering that the, the ball needs to slow down. but. It has kept speeding up my entire time on career, and here we are. I, as I told you guys, I've always been for bifurcation. You know that. Um, I've always said that. All right. So that's Tiger's perspective on that. And when Tiger Woods speaks, people listen. Now in this latest venture era of golf, when live has become a thing, people have especially listened to Rory McIlroy. When he speaks, and Rory doesn't use X or Twitter very often anymore, whether it, unless it's something sponsor-related or that sort of thing. But Rory 
was on Twitter, and he put this out yesterday, Sunday morning at 5.26 a.m. I'm guessing he's somewhere not in the Eastern time zone, or he just couldn't sleep and really wanted to share his thoughts with the world here. But here's Rory McIlroy's tweet. I'm going to read this word for word, then get Mark's perspective. I don't understand the anger about the golf ball rollback. It will make no difference whatsoever to the average golfer and puts golf back on a path of sustainability. It will also help bring back certain skills in the pro game that have been eradicated over the past two decades. The people who are upset about this decision shouldn't be mad at the governing bodies. They should be mad at elite pros and golf slash ball manufacturers because they didn't want bifurcation. The governing bodies presented us with that option earlier this year. Elite pros and ball manufacturers think bifurcation would negatively affect their bottom lines, when in reality, the game is already bifurcated. You think we play the same stuff you do? They put pressure on the governing bodies to roll it back to a lesser degree for everyone. Bifurcation was the logical answer for everyone, but yet again in this game, money talks. Now, people can't actually see you right now, Mark. I can, and I'm seeing <laughs> smoke just out of your ears. What do you think well, about Tiger and okay. what Rory had to say? Well, I love, first off, I love Rory. We all know, you know, I respect Rory. I think he's one of the healthiest guys for the game. When he speaks, people listen just like Tiger. But Rory's incorrect. It, 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 him saying that the average golfer is not going to notice, the average golfer... About 43% of the golfing population has a handicap between 12 and 20. So let's call the average handicap 16, 17 handicap is the average. Okay. Uh, the USGA for the last decade has been trying to push these guys forward, push people forward, make the game shorter, go up to a tee, suggesting that the game is too long for the average golfer. That's what the USGA has suggested for over 10 years now, that the game is too long for the average golfer. And what are they going to do? They're going to make it longer by making them play a golf ball that is going to go shorter. Keegan Bradley has been testing a Strixon golf ball recently. Now, this Strixon golf ball would fit under the new guidelines for 2028 for the professional game. He is 40 yards, 40 yards shorter with the driver and two irons shorter with, the golf, with this golf ball under his current conditions. The logical solution here for everyone was a golf ball freeze. Guys, we can't make golf courses 8,500 yards. It's not sustainable. We can't have more speed in the golf ball. We need to put the ceiling here so that in 50 years from now, the game looks the way it does in 2023. Very similar to what they did with driver technology. Um, the ball has gotten too fast. I'm not going to argue with these people. But you don't put the horses back in the barn. Adam, nobody asked the question, who's going to pay for this? You know why they don't ask the question? Because they're arrogant and tone deaf. They act like governments. When governments spend your money wastefully and nobody knows where all the tax dollars went and you can't see a doctor in the province of Ontario and all, everything goes sideways, you, you know what the problem you, no, you know, no, no, who pays for it? We do. They never pay for it, the government. They just tax you more. And the same people who dropped the ball the last four years, a new group of people come in and they drop the ball for four years. Or is everybody in the world forgetting that all these golf clubs, all these golf balls, every piece of equipment we play with had to go on a conforming list 
for the USGA and RNA, they had to approve these items over the last 20 plus years that you can't just send them out into the world and into the game without their rubber stamp. So this, so now they're looking to us to clean up their yard. We have one of the most successful years in the history of participation in this game, and that's around the globe for golf at the amateur level. The people at Golf Canada are celebrating the job they've done, not just at the professional game with our national championship, which you and I are still talking about, but at the amateur uh, level. We are knocking it out of the ballpark, Golf Canada and the golf community in this country. And now we got to get handed this mess that the USGA and RNA, if this was the private sector, and these people were CEOs, they'd be let go. They'd be kicked to the curb. Now they're gonna change everything. Adam, the tour doesn't want this. I don't know where this goes, but if the rumors are true and this becomes official this week from them, I know this could go many different ways. Are we looking at a new governing body? Are we looking at the Federation of PGAs getting together to govern this game along with the major tours? Are we allowing governing bodies within their own countries to independently go rogue, i.e. Golf Canada says, we don't think this is good for golf in Canada, so we're not adopting this? The manufacturers are not in the business of, of, of now going and spending a million dollars on R&D and new manufacturing processes so they can sell you a golf ball that goes shorter that's going to cost more money because someone needs to pay for this changeover. I don't see the USGA cutting a check for that. Is there a lawsuit coming? Could you see Titleist, TaylorMade, Bridgestone, Trixon, Callaway with a class action lawsuit? I mean, I don't know. I, this could go anywhere. What was your impression? And why, in your opinion, do you think no one's asked the question, who's going to pay for this? Why do they just assume that they can You cost the golf community millions of dollars and potential growth in the game when we're coming out of COVID and it's, we've never seen the participation. Like where do you think their head is on this and why, why are they, if this is true, this is a new level of arrogance, is it not? It totally is. To your first point, I I was shocked when this came out because aren't we trying to make the game more fun for all people because of this latest COVID boom of so many new people wanting to go and try golf for the first time. And we see, you know, our heroes and our stars on TV hitting at 300 yards. And we think, oh, we want to be just like them. We want to hit the ball as far as we can. I talk at length about this show. I swing out of my shoes all the time. You know why? Because it's fun. I don't want to hit six iron out there in the middle of the fairway. I want to try to drive a 340-yard par four because it's fun. And the fact that they're doing this, I think it's selfish. I think Rory's tweet was incredibly selfish. And there's been a lot of people in the world of golf who haven't liked how Rory has stood during the, uh, this whole live golf PGA tour thing. And sometimes he comes across as a little arrogant and that's for a completely different other subject. But in my mind, his tweet here, his, some of his replies to these tweets were incredibly selfish. I'm, I'm going to read one of them too, uh, because he did reply to some people. So I have to give Rory credit because he decided to respond to some of the audience. Uh, someone tweeted at him. Didn't this fella by his own admission, get lost in the distance sauce when Bryson gained 20 to 30 yards. Rory replies, this fella did and realized hitting it longer wasn't going to make me a better golfer. Guy responds again, if if you don't think 5 to 10 yards makes a difference, why did you pursue increasing speed? Doesn't matter, right? Rory responds, more than anything else, ego. 
which I thought, so he's just, he's making this about him when Rory, there's millions of golfers out there. It's not, not about you. You're a great player. You're a great ambassador for this game, but this isn't all about you, Rory. It isn't all about him, and it's pretty easy to say, first of all, it's not 5, 10 yards. It's going to be more like 30 yards for, for a guy like Rory McIlroy. But when you're already hitting at 330, it's pretty easy to say, I'll give up 30 yards. What if you're a guy on the PGA Tour with an, a, with an average bat speed of 114 miles per hour, and you fly the golf ball 265 right now, and you get that chase, and you're hitting it like 290. Maybe you're lucky you're hitting it 300. Middle of the pile is 300 yards, right? I think 304 middle of the pile. Well, 304 has now become 270. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're, if you have distance, you are always going to have the advantage. Okay. I understand that the, uh, that from a sustainability standpoint, that we can't go to 8,000 yard golf courses. It's, I get all that argument. I'm not saying, uh, that they're wrong with this uh, with some of their concerns. They're a thousand percent right in some of their concerns. And that's why a freeze would have, would have been the middle ground for the world to move forward together. A freeze does this, protects us from having to go to 8,500 yard golf courses. All the golf courses in the world that are currently in play are still valid, still in play. All the golf balls in the world that are produced sitting on shelves, lying at retailers, sitting on docks and containers, they're all still valid. They're still all in play. All the re uh, research and development, all the manufacturing processes, all the machinery used around the world to make golf balls, they're still all valid. They're still all in play. And if you have a problem, if your ego doesn't allow you to enjoy a 20 under par golf tournament, bring in the fairways, grow up the rough, and you watch what happens and you can, you can protect par. And the only reason you're doing worried about protecting par, Bob says this all the time, is you're fixated on that number. Just enjoy the golf. The three of us have all said the best open championship we've seen this century was Henrik Stenson versus Phil Mickelson. They crushed it. They were both deep 20 over par. It was a birdie fest. One of the best opens we've ever seen and certainly the best open of this century. And no one cared what the winning score was because it was incredibly entertaining golf. So this rollback is arrogant, it's tone deaf, it's going to hurt participation in the game, it's gonna cost millions of dollars, and I hope the rumors are not true, and I hope that uh, they, they decide not to move forward with this. Um, and the thing that shocks me the most and I keep going back to it, and I don't know why more people aren't saying this out loud. This was on their watch, Adam. All of the stuff they're complaining about, all the stuff that they are uh, citing as the reasons for trying to turn back the clock 25 years to 1996, 1997, that's what they want to turn the clock back to, happened on their watch. They were the governing bodies. They were the ones that approved the equipment. Those are the ones that set the rules. They watched the whole thing go down. Where were they in 2001? Why is everything reactionary? Why is everything like the belly putter? Okay, we watched it for 30 years, but now that a couple people are, have won a major, now it's illegal. I mean, if you are the stewards and you are the gatekeepers, get your head out of your butt. You can't pull your head out of your butt every 30 years and go, okay, now it's time to change things. I, again, I, 
I feel bad for Golf Canada. I feel bad for our friends at TaylorMade. I feel bad for people who are enjoying the game right now and maybe played more rounds in 2023 than they ever have before. Maybe got to that par five that they had never got to before because you can kiss that goodbye. You can kiss that. I, I feel bad for all those people and we'll see where this goes, but this ain't going to be, I, I don't think this is the end of it, Adam. I can tell you that. No, I don't think it's the end of it for sure. We'll have much more on this in upcoming episodes. Okay. We are way late here. When we come back, we'll tee up Festivus. That's coming up next week. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. All right, Mark, just one more live show for us in 2023, and that's next week. It's one of our favorites. It's our annual Festivus special. I think it started a week early with the, all this ball talk, Adam, and we didn't even get the John Rahm rumors uh, potentially going to live. We'll get to that next week. I mean, if you're truly in a, in a good faith negotiation right now between Liv and the PJ Tour, how are you trying to, behind the scenes, steal pay players? How is that in good faith? I mean, next week, let's just go off. We're just going to go off live studio audience, baby. It's going to be a big live studio audience. And the John Rom, the silence, well, it's been deafening. We haven't heard anything from John Rom throughout this. It's a spicy time to be covering golf in any sort of capacity. Mark, thanks for a great show this morning. The band is back together next Monday. Our festival. Hey, have special. a good trip. Have a Thank good trip. Thank you so much. Stay tuned to our social media channels. Lots of tailor-made content coming this week and throughout the early portion of 2024. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.